and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use she, they pronouns, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crease. And welcome back to Fulcrum Transmissions. We haven't had an episode in a hot minute. Um, <laughs> that's because Claire went back to school because she's super slay and is very smart. And I have two jobs. So <laughs> we just are busy. <laughs> yeah. We're just girl bossing. No, so true. <laughs> um, and today we're going to be talking about Rogue One. Uh, a little recap on what happened in that lovely movie because you know there's a show coming out I don't know if you've heard of it actually it's called Andor um but it's coming out and it's about Cassie and Andor who is a who's a character in Rogue One so do a little Rogue One recap we'll do a little guess who at the end which will be fun I think everyone loves our little our little guess who games um uh but yeah that's basically it where do you want to start are we going to go in chronological order is it going to work <laughs> Yeah, we can go chronologically and then kind of focus in on things that have to do with Cassian. Because we did do a Jin or so episode like a while ago. Yeah. Um, so go listen to that. That was very slay. We had Emily on and she knows everything about Rogue One. It's so um, true. <laughs> okay, so the movie starts with Jin as a child and she's with her parents, Galen and Lyra or so. Um, and then the Empire shows up and takes Galen or so, kills Lyra or so. So sorry that she had to die in like the first 10 minutes of that film, but it's okay because there's a book about her. Well, it's not about her, but like she's in it. Um, and then Jin like hides on a bunker until she gets picked up by Saw Gerrera. And then fast forward to she's 21 years old. Um, there's so much in this movie. I don't even know where to start. And also, I don't want to focus on Jin too much because we already did that. And this True. is mainly about Cassian. After a little exposition, um, my um, my girl, Jin Erso, she's 21 years old. She has, she's left, Sa- okay, well, she did not leave Saw Gerrera. Um, He kind of left her, but that's not explained in the movie um, that Everyone much. Everyone should go know. read Rebel Rising highly highly recommend especially if you're someone who needs to figure out what Saw Gerrera's deal is because some Star Wars writers don't know how to write him like well like at all like it's really bad um so you should go read Rebel Rising and you'll get a better idea of like him especially because he's gonna be an Andor so slay um he's also so that explains it is also like in everything Mm -hmm. um and and in a lot of the things that he is in He's not represented very well. No, um, not at all. Because like you said, some people don't don't know how to write him because some people should stay in their lane and write what they know and so not write what they don't, um, you know. But uh, yeah, basically we find Jin, she's kind of on her own uh, and she is in a little Imperial transport and gets, um, that gets hijacked and who is there to take her out well first it's k2so um you know what rogue one (laughs) (laughs) rogue one love you so much for putting a little droid bestie in there for me 
I really appreciated it. Uh, you did kill him. So. <laughs> okay, but they killed everyone. So, like. I guess. I guess. It wasn't personal. <laughs> no, I guess you're right. Um, is he the best droid? No. But, um, you know, you can't have it all. You can't have it all. Is he the best droid representation? No. But the movie's good anyway. <laughs> Actually, we can talk about our first introduction to Cassian, which is where he, like, literally kills someone, um, which is, like, kind of a lot, but it's also <laughs> kind of a good character introduction, especially because of where it seems like we're going in Andor, which is that, like, he's done a lot of not great things on behalf of the rebellion so like when we get to rogue one he's kind of like i have to give this all i've got because otherwise like what was i doing all that stuff for and i think that andor is gonna like really get into that because it starts off with him like he has he obviously has a lot of like anger towards the empire um and so i think we're gonna see him sort of go from place of like just like lashing out at the empire but until he gets like in, uh, introduced into is not the right word but it will work fine when he gets like introduced into the rebellion um and then starts to like actually like be part of like an organized rebel effort but even at that point he's still doing a lot of like not great things like he's he's killing a lot of people um stuff like that like what we see him doing in rogue one um and so yeah i think that like introducing him in that way you're kind of like oh here's like our one of our protagonists and he just killed someone and like what's going on but then when you like unpack his character and he's kind of like that's like one of the key pillars of his character is like is it okay that I did all this stuff because I did it for the rebellion but like how I can't that means that in the end I can't be the person who like steps back and is like I'm just gonna give up because otherwise like it was all kind of for nothing so I think it was a good introduction to his character and I also think even though obviously when this was made in 20, well, I don't know if they knew they were going to make an Andor show when this movie came out because they probably have some like big master plan going on. So maybe they knew, but either way, it's a good starting point to go back from to yeah. go to Andor. <laughs> yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I think that also Rogue One is a very good insight for the audience of of star wars people who consume all of like the star wars franchise it's a very good um insight into like the grittier side of the rebellion and the like absolute like atrocities that the empire actually is you know doing because i feel like in the original trilogy a lot of it is camp you know a lot of it is very like you know, it's about two heroes. It's about, or I guess it's about a little group of like heroes who, you know, is fighting to save, to save their, their galaxy against the empire. Um, but really, you know, a lot of the horrible things that the empire has done kind of gets obscured by the like fanatic hope of the characters like Leia and Luke, you know, um, because like look at the opening of a new hope is literally like Alderaan getting destroyed. So sorry to bring that up, Claire. I know it's a really triggering thing for you. No, but we're gonna have to talk <laughs> about it, unfortunately, once we get to later in the movie. <laughs> but um, but you know, it's like the it literally gets destroyed and then it is just like brushed off. Leia doesn't get time to grieve, she doesn't, you know, not, nothing it we see it happen. We're like, wow, a planet just got blown up. 
but like with this movie, you know, we see what the the Star Destroyer actually does and how it like affects how it blows shit up. You know, it's gnarly um, and gross and awful. Uh, and I think that Cassie and Andor is such a great character to, you know, show this side of the rebellion to be like, oh, you know, it's not all fun and games. There's actually like in war shit happens on both sides. Um, but ultimately, I think Rogue One does a good job of not making the Empire seem great. Um, because I feel like sometimes when you're trying to show the like darker sides mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the good guys of, 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 of a war, you end up, you know, making it so it seems like the the bad guys aren't that bad maybe i'm slandering a certain book right now um but but rogue one doesn't do that it makes it it just shows like wow everything is really bad um but it is very very clear who the good guys are uh even though they do bad shit sometimes but we love them for that like cassie and andor you've done nothing wrong in your life you know no exactly like i support you i support your (laughs) rights and your wrongs um but yeah I think for sure like that's the reason that like Rogue One is literally my favorite Star Wars movie and why I know that like Andor is gonna be maybe my favorite show if it's executed well is because like and this is also just like a personal thing of what I find the most interesting about Star Wars is like the politics of the rebellion which is why like half of my favorite characters are the different rebel leaders because I think it's so interesting which is why this movie was literally made for me because they're all there. Um, But it's definitely this, like, it really gets into this, like, because when we get, when we are in the original trilogy, it's kind of like, yay, we're fighting the empire. And like, that that's just like how it goes. But when you go back to like Rogue One and like there's like novels in this era and like I know Andor is going to touch on it a lot, is that like a lot of these leaders didn't want to fight. And that's where like the conflict between them comes in because we have people like Saw Gerrera who have literally been fighting since like day one of the empire like literally the second that the empire rose to power he was already like organizing and he's always been the person who's like this is going to be a fight and I'm willing to do that where then like opposite end of the spectrum we have people like Mon Mothma who don't want to get involved in a full-scale war and are very much like advocating for like peace and stuff and like obviously there's so much like nuance and intricacies to like not just be like this person's right this person's wrong but I think that like it's important to have that kind of spectrum of people in like positions of leadership throughout the rebellion and then we have like a wide variety of people in between because one it's realistic like no you're never gonna have everyone agreeing even if we're all like yeah the empire is bad so true we all agree on that no one is gonna agree on the exact same course of action um and also too because that's what makes it interesting like it, it like it wouldn't be as interesting to me if it was just like everyone was like okay yeah let's all like jump in our ships and go fight like it, it doesn't have the same like weight to it and so I like that Rogue One and now Andor is going to do the same is like kind of getting into the like why don't some people want to fight and like when do we reach the point where you don't have a choice anymore and like 
that's kind of what Rogue One is about is getting from this point of people being like, no, we're not going to war. We're just like, we're not ready or we we don't want to do that. Or like, we're not strong enough until we're, we get to the end of the film. And it's like, we literally do not have a choice anymore because the Empire has a weapon that can blow up entire planets. And so I like the kind of like exploration of that and it being like directly tying into A New Hope and then like by extension, the rest of the original trilogy. So we get kind of more like, to see the intricacies of the rebellion and like the different layers and the fact there was conflict even within the people who wanted to go up against the empire right and then um where we go kind of from the beginning of this movie basically what happens is that Jin is um hired kind of to be a part of this mission to see what's up with Sagarera um she doesn't ever really have a choice though it's it's not really her decision, but she's kind of like has to go along with it. Uh, something's going on with her dad. Her dad basically made the Star Destroyer. Um, Galen Urso. I read like six chapters of Catalyst. Not like the first six chapters though. Like I read like chapters like 13 through like whatever, six eight, later than that. Because um, I was a guest host on a pod, on a podcast that they were like, we're going to do a little book club. Have you read have you read Catalyst? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I read those chapters. Anyways, but read Catalyst. Uh, yeah, I actually have to confess that I I didn't finish Catalyst, not because I didn't enjoy it. Like I was genuinely loving it, but it was mm-hmm. like at the end of like last school year for me. And so then things got busy and I didn't finish it. And then like I barely read over the summer. So bad of me. Um, but like it genuinely is very good. And like I do need to. <laughs> finish reading the end of it um so I will recommend it but basically this mission they're they're Cassian and Jin go on uh they go to Jeddah sick High Republic reference by the way I was like Leonardo DiCaprio pointing gif when (laughs) that's so embarrassing that I just said that shout out to Hayden I was just gonna say I was like you've been been hanging out with Hayden too much actually (laughs) but when when they did the like pan out of the shot of like the collapsed statue I was like oh, this is just like the higher public <laughs> anyways they meet Chira and Baze there who are basically the guardians of the wills another force group a group who worships the force but are not Jedi uh who they're basically um keeping up like certain temples that have kyber crystals basically what the empire is doing on Jedi is mining kyber um and Sagarera is also there though and that's like where his hub of operations is kind of at at the moment and there's also an ex-imperial pilot Bodhi and he is in imprisoned by Sagarera at the moment uh because he has information that the rebellion needs yeah he has a hologram recording of Galen Urso um, that Galen told him to bring to Saw but Saw is like not trust him because he is an Imperial pilot so now he's like been imprisoned by Saw after delivering him this I almost said voice memo basically (laughs) yeah um what is the holonet if not iMessage you know but anyways I'm so sorry um (laughs) um but basically, I think Galen Erso thought that Saw was still with the Rebellion and not 
with the partisans, um, which is just like another rebellious group against the empire, but not part of the altogether rebellion, quote unquote, that everyone else is in, um, in this movie. And so, you know, Mon Mothma sends Jin and Cassian to go get this pilot basically on Jenna from Saw and that's why Jin is there is because Jin grew up with Saw um they're not really friends though at the moment you know they're not really besties they're actually like really not doing well <laughs> um he did leave her at like 16 years old sucks I guess that's really awful for her but you know the next time she sees him, he basically shows her the the message from her father and which says like, oh, here's how you destroy the Death Star. And then that gets destroyed um, along with Saw Gerrera and Jetta. And like the entire <laughs> Jetta. Yeah, and all of Jetta because the Death Star blows it up. Um, and Cassian lives. They all live except for Saw Gerrera. <laughs> So sad. Sagara, rest in peace. You deserve so much better. Um, yeah, you killed people, but I understand. I get it. You know? See, that's the thing, like, one of my favorite things about Rogue One is that, like, more so, I feel like, than most, if not all, other Star Wars projects, all the characters are, like, deeply, deeply flawed, but also you care about them, and also it's, like, realistic the ways in which they are messed up like we we're talking about Cassian before and it's like yeah he's doing all this stuff for the rebellion and like has some serious issues but like you see where like you see where it comes from and that's right. kind of the way I feel about Saw Gerrera is like we we know his past and like okay yeah he was not like father of the year to Jin, mm-hmm. but like did we really expect him to be like it would make no sense to me if he took Jin in when she was a kid and then was like, I'm going to forget about everything else and just be a perfect dad. And like, that's my number one priority because like, that's not him. And I think it's what makes him interesting in the same way that I feel about like some of these other like rebel leaders and like the members of the rebellion that we meet in this film where I'm like, I have issues with all of you for sure, for sure. But like, I get it, but like, it makes sense. Yeah, from a narrative standpoint, like all of their all of their flaws and all the like fucked up things that they do make sense. Um, it's not like a oh he's a poor little meow meow and I forgive him for everything. You know, it's not like that. Um, but yeah, and then um, this little group now goes on a little mission to find Galen Urso, um, and Cassian is actually like sent to take him out like to literally kill uh Galen uh but he has a I don't want to say a change of heart I think it's more of like a oh wait maybe this isn't what we're supposed to be doing maybe this isn't the best way to do things you know like from a logical standpoint though um but it doesn't matter because because the rebellion comes in anyways and literally blows him up on accident on accident was it really an accident no I think they did it on purpose no so actually this part of the movie is fucking crazy because they like so they lose contact with like Cassian and his squad so like we know Galen Erso is on Edu so let's just send our own like rebel bombers to go 
blow the place up. Um, but then Cassian's like, hey guys, we're like here. Like we're literally yeah. here. Please don't blow that up. And then they're like, oh, they're like comms are off. Oh no. <laughs> like it's so I think the line is saying like, oh, they're already like engaged. And I'm like, so you just like can't contact them. Like, I don't know how technology works in space, in spaceships, but like it feels like that's not very convenient because what if your own soldiers are on the platform that you're about to blow up and you need to get in contact with them yeah um but yeah Galen dies so sad okay actually though can we talk about how sad the message that he recorded was like the part where he's talking to Jin makes me literally sob so hard (laughs) um but yeah he dies and it's really sad and also okay I was talking about this with my friend yesterday of like actors who have played a like somewhat minor role in star wars but then they can like never play a different role in star wars and i'm like kind of upset about it that's how i feel about mads mickelson i'm like you are great as galen or so but like he died yeah and his backstory is in a book so like we're not really if we ever do see him again it's going to be in like a really small context and i'm like and now you can never be like the lead of a star wars show or something like yeah. it's so upsetting to me and I feel that way about many actors in Star Wars, but it's fine. It's just so funny to me. And he doesn't even get to die at the end of the movie. He gets to die like (laughs) towards the beginning, halfway through. Like, (laughs) like he did not last long. Um, So yeah, he dies anyway. Um, And then let's see what happens after that. Oh, then they go back on the ship and Jin is like, hey, Cassian, you were going to kill my dad. And he's like, no maybe like but I didn't though but yeah in terms of Cassian like not killing Galen or so yeah I think it's really interesting because he's very much a person who's like do anything for the cause like kill people whatever as long as I'm doing it for the right reasons but then you know when you're in a situation where it's like you're about to kill someone you're about to kill someone's dad and like he's now been spending like some time with Jin they've like if not, they're not, like, they haven't really developed, like, the strong bond that they have at the end of the movie at this point, but, you know, like, they're starting to kind of, like, understand each other, like, care about each other, and so, and also just, like, he doesn't enjoy killing people, like, it's made very clear that, like, he kind of wishes that he didn't have to be this person, but it's just, like, the way that things are for him, um, Mm -hmm. so I think, like, all of those factors combined, in that one moment and he was like no actually I'm not going to just kill this guy who actually was trying to help us yeah then they go back to Yavin 4 I think they go straight back after that uh, yeah shows up then I love Yavin 4 so unrelated but I wonder why could never guess did you know I that Miara Lardy has been on Yavin 4 <laughs> um could never have guessed. Did you actually know that Miara Lardy is actually in Rogue One? If you like squint in the back corner of a frame, she was actually there. Hmm. Interesting. Is that canon? Trust me, guys. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The source is me. The source is you. The source, <laughs> yeah. It comes from the full I, I just saw it in IMAX a couple weeks ago. And so like <laughs> I got a really good view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So they go back to Yavin and Jin is like, hey guys, I know how to blow up the Death Star. And this is when she delivers the most iconic speech in Star Wars history. Yes. I can't think of any that I like better, so I'm just going to say it is. 
it's so it's so like the just obviously like all the dialogue and like this like the things that she's saying to these people is really good but just like the way that it's shot where it's just like so many like rebel like we have like imperial senators like some of the like most powerful people in the galaxy and then we just have Jin Erso who like not to be like oh she's just like some some person but like she kind like, of is which is like the until, point yeah like up until like two days before this was not even associated with the rebellion at all yeah and she and it's also so great because she like even was like I don't care about the rebellion like after literally being raised by Saw Gerrera, like, I just can't do it anymore. Like, I have to kind of, like, just, like, block all that out and not care. Like, Empire Rebels, I don't care either way. And so then, like, fast forward to this point in the movie where she's, like, giving this, like, impassioned speech to all the leaders of the rebellion, asking them to do something. It's just so good. And also, okay, so in this scene, <laughs> Bill Organa is there, obviously. Oh, really? And there's a shot of him like looking at Jin and just like the look in his eyes I know he was thinking about Leia I just yeah. know it I just know he was anyway and then he literally dies after that stop why would you do that that doesn't happen in this movie okay we don't need to talk about it it like happens like maybe a couple hours later okay but like it doesn't I they are so wrong for putting in that line where he's like I have to go back to Alderaan no you don't no, no. Don't do go he back actually- to Alderaan pick up your wife mm-hmm. and, and go leave. somewhere else and simply yeah. leave yeah they had to go <laughs> that find whole scene is so much where he's like maybe i'll cry literally talking about it. i cried during this scene in the theater so really? embarrassing but when he's like when mon mothma's like go send for your like jedi friend and she's like make sure you send someone you trust and he's like i would trust her with my life it's mm-hmm. fine and then he says captain antilles to ramus antilles one of my personal club shadows mm-hmm. who actually does appear in this movie for like five seconds so true you know of him else appears in this movie for yeah. like chopper you know when <laughs> else i cried was when they said general syndula over the intercom i was like oh my god that's Hera, guys <laughs> it really is um has she had jason by this point no not okay. quite yeah wait but how Mm, that's so interesting because she'd be like really pregnant yeah she would and she was like she was like um like at the battle too because she was like pregnant at the end of rebels which was like zero okay yeah that's what i thought so yeah she's like pregnant or has just given birth like it happens like it happens post thrawn trees okay slay hera hera (laughs) at the battle of scarif like eight months pregnant so true of her and her like boyfriend just died not long before yeah and ezra's missing like her her other son is missing like hera i'm so sorry that 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 left with his boyfriend to go home she's really going through it choppers in this movie which makes it the best star wars movie god i love that little guy did i show you my little chopper oh my god he's so small he's so tiny I have a little Hera oh. and a little Chopper and Quizzy. <laughs> One of these things does not belong here. I think I might paint them blue and make them Thrawn. They're basically the same. Oh my god, Rupert Friend should play Thrawn in the Ahsoka series. Well, thank you for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Okay, uh, that is just- like not even that. Yeah, compared to some of the Thrawn fan casts I've seen, this is not even bad. 
Also, like, if they do enough, like, makeup for, like, making him blue, he wouldn't be recognized. They're going to CGI Thrawn. Are you kidding? Don't say that. No, they're literally going to. Yeah, but I don't want to hear it. No, you're literally going to hear I hate the the people that are, like, CGI is so bad nowadays because it's, like, kind of annoying and repetitive. But, like, he's just blue. Yeah. Just use But his eyes. But his red eyes, it's too hard. I have literally seen people on TikTok. (laughs) <laughs> with their Thrawn cosplays that would look better than the stuff they're gonna put CGI. <laughs> I'm really scared actually because they released that like photo of Sabine with the mural and if you zoom in on Zeb he looks so, <laughs> so bad. bad and I'm like it's so oh bad. it's so dark. Anyways it's bad out here. Um, <laughs> Back to Cassian though. Yeah I don't remember where we are. I was just talking about so Chopper. Jin gives her a Yas and Slay speech. Oh sure. Um and then the leaders are like, mm, no. Um, and so she's kind of like, well, now what? Because I don't have anyone to go to Scarif with me, but like, I can't just let this go. And then Cassian, this is when he delivers the line that I was talking about earlier, where he's like, we've all done terrible things on behalf of the rebellion. And like, we want to believe that we did them for a reason. And then, and then she's like, I've never had someone who like stuck around when things got hard. And then he says, welcome home. I just love them. I really just love them. The fact that we literally have seen all their interactions like ever, like they can never interact again in canon. Why? So true. Star Wars, you are my enemy sometimes. Um, But yeah, then they go to Scarif with Um, some of the besties. Before though, we'll do a whole episode on her for Girl Boss of the Week. But do you want to talk a little bit about Mon Mothma? Because she will be showing up in the Andor series. We will be doing a full episode on Mom Mothma, yeah. And I would love to talk about her because she is so interesting. Like I was talking about earlier, she's kind of the like opposite end of the spectrum of like someone like Saw Gerrera who is like, is like, yeah, we're going to fight. And that's just how it's going to be. She is like, no, because one, like she just doesn't want a war. And two, she like doesn't think they have the like strength or the forces to go up against the empire but she's also like co- like supportive of Jin's plan like I am the first to be like yeah Mon Mothma like definitely had her issues as did all of these rebel leaders except Bail Organa he's perfect but everyone else had issues um <laughs> because I think that Andor is gonna be kind of interesting because we know that by 3 BBY which was when Princess of Alderaan takes place like Mon Mothma's already like involved in all the rebel activity that they're doing. Like she's at their silly little rebellion dinner parties. They should have those in Andor season two. Anyway, um, but so, but like by, I don't know the exact point at which she went from like, yes, I'm in the Imperial Senate and no, I don't like the empire. But like when she kind of made the step to like being involved in like organized rebel activity, um but something tells me it's going to be a thing that is addressed in Andor based on like the trailers and just like what she's up to like there's somewhere there's somewhere she's definitely like doing stuff for the rebellion and there's somewhere she still seems kind of like on the fence about taking like the next step and she's obviously still in the imperial senate up until in rebels when she gives her speech like renouncing the empire and then that's when the, the ghost crew has to like sneak her out um god remember when mom was in rebels me too anyway 
Um, but yeah, so so I think that like I think it's gonna be really good for her to be an Andor because I think that she's a character that everyone kind of knows. Like we know her as like one of she's one of the first like rebellion leaders that was like a part of Star Wars canon. Um mm-hmm. because she literally I think Return of the Jedi was her first appearance. But like I feel like still a lot of people don't know that much about her because she's in a lot of books um and she makes like small like she's a pretty big part in Rogue One she has like some significant roles in Rebels like later on um she's in some of the like Clone Wars like Senate arcs she also was a founding member of the delegation in 2000 not that anyone would know because they cut those scenes out of the freaking movie anyway maybe I'm a little mad about it it's fine yeah. though. It's fine. The delegation of 2000 actually did need to be in the movie though, because now I swear to God saw someone on Twitter who was like, why would Padme Amidala be mentioned in Andor? Like the rebellion is not her legacy. She like was not a part of it. She literally was like a founder of the rebellion before the empire was even in power. Like, what do you think the delegation of 2000 was? What do you think it turned into after that? It was literally her and Bail Organa and Mon Mothma were like the big three. So, so so don't tell me that was not her legacy. So actually, I know how to fix this issue. Um, I was talking about it with uh, Camilla, who's a friend of the pod. um, And we think that there should be another book in the Star Wars canon um, about the delegation of 2000 taking place towards the end of the Clone Wars. But it should be an audio drama um about Bail Mon Mothma and Padme and that's how we include the deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith into canon I need to lie down (laughs) (laughs) so whoever is listening um from Lucasfilm at the moment Lucasfilm Publishing reach out to me and Claire actually um we can write the audio drama I think we actually write it are the most qualified people to write this audio drama um yeah no like who knows Bail Organa better than me no I would like to hear it um (laughs) I think yeah yeah that was so much for me no those deleted scenes like maybe I watch them like every couple weeks just Mm -hmm. just to remember (laughs) they're out there they They needed to be in that movie yeah, they really it's do. my agenda to make every single person watch. Like, I don't care if the movie would have been like three hours or like three and a half hours. Okay, this is important. But like genuinely though, those scenes are very important. And this is exactly why, because people are now like, and me and Madala, like literally was not, had nothing to do with the rebellion. And I'm like, um, that's not true, actually. Oh, it makes me so mad. So Padme and Andor would love to see it. No, but, like, if they don't, if we, if, okay, if Bail Organa does end up being in it, which, like, I really hope so, but if he does end up being in it, how are him and Mon Mothma gonna have a conversation about the rebellion without bringing up Padme Amidala? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And at first, I was like, oh, well, like, Star Wars literally forgot about Padme, right? Because she has not been in anything for a really long time. But then we got the Tales of the Jedi trailer. In which they showed her funeral. So I'm like, oh, if you can remember that she died, you can remember that she was a fucking live person. Maybe, like, start rebuilding her character, not through the lens of George Lucas, who didn't know how to ever write a woman in his life. There we go. So true. So true. That's just my little, like, men writing women rant for the day. Anyway, Rogue One, I think we're at there on Scarif. Yes. Um... 
and they're getting the Death Star plans and people start dying, not slay. Literally crazy how like every single character in this movie died. Either died in this movie or at the end of this movie or immediately after this movie or like around the time of this movie. Like why do they all have to die? It's yeah. so sad. Except um, Leia. Except for Leia Organa. So true. So they go to Scarab. They get the Death Star plants. The rest of the rebels show up and then they like transmit them to them. Um, but then they're basically trapped on the planet. So the ones of them that didn't die during like the fighting die because the Death Star shows up and like destroys Scarab. Not yep. Slay. Very yeah. not Slay. It's very sad. Um, really shocking. Like your first time watching it and you're like, oh, so like literally everyone is dying right now like the entire cast of this movie is dead and then i love like the very very end of the movie how it like literally directly ties into a new hope because we literally see the plans getting like passed over to the tantamy four to ramus antilles who gives them to leia and then it like immediately goes into a new hope it's so good it is so good like the continuity story-wise like everything ties in really well in this movie but like literally from like the second the movie ends to like the second a new hope starts it's just so good and very emotional for me personally because Ramus Antilles does unfortunately pass away like immediately after this and there's a there's a from a certain point of view story about it it's called Ramus it's really sad because he's like, I should write a letter to my wife before I like inevitably die. And then he doesn't get to do it. Oh, okay. And it's also him and Leia have a really like nice relationship. And I really love it a lot because like he was super close with the Organas, obviously. Yeah. Kind of going back to um, Cassian Andor, he is literally the reason why they have these plans. Him and Jen Erso. And the rest of the team, you know, but they are the ones who, like, send the signal out, basically um, sending the plans to to space, hoping that someone gets them. And I think that the end of this movie is so, it's it's hopeful and unsettling at the same time, because when you really think about it, it's like they had no actual idea if anyone had gotten those plans, like, not a single idea. Um, but they literally were so hopeful. They were just like... I think it's Cassian who's the is the one who says, Do you think anyone's listening? And Jen is like, like, yeah, I do. And it's like it's so emotional because people are like, Yeah, like Cassian and Jen died for the rebellion. And I'm like, yes, they did, but like beyond that, they died for like hope. Like they, yeah, they literally had no idea if this had worked or not. For all they knew, like this could have been entirely for nothing. Mm -hmm. But they both believed in it so much that they were willing to die for it, which like for you know like for Cassian he's been a part of the rebellion for so long and like I mean there's literally a line in the Andor trailer where Luthen is like you're gonna die doing this someday and so I feel like probably a part of him was always like I might die for this cause someday but like for Jin she was like I do not even want to be a part of this like a week ago um and now she's like literally willing to die for Mm -hmm. the rebellion and just, like, the legacy of, like, the entire Rogue One crew and, like, Jin and Cassian, it's so much. And, like, all of these, like, a lot of Rebellion, like, members of the Rebellion and people like Saw Gerrera and Bail Organa who, like, never got to see the success of the thing that they worked so long to build. Like, if you think about it, like, 
I mean, they were already do- laying some of the groundwork for this before the empire even like took control. But even if you just start from like the fall of the Republic, like the like start of the imperial reign, it's still like 20 years. Like they spent the last 20 years of their life building this and they died not knowing if they were going to succeed or not. And that's just so much. Star Wars, what the heck? Why would you yeah. why would you write that? Why would you do that to me personally? I think basically like the laydown of Cassian's character of this like story that they're telling in Rogue One and the story that I think they'll continue telling in Andor is like it gets hella dark, but there's hope and that we are like things are dark because we have so much hope and that they'll get better you know like things have to get worse before they get better almost and I think that is going to be a a part of um Cassian's arc definitely a part of Mon Mothma's arc in the Andor series I think that she's gonna have to realize oh wait I kind of need to get my hands dirty a little bit because things are gonna have to get a lot worse before they get better um and that's just like the price you kind of have to pay to get rid of like a fascist regime um but I think that ultimately the good outweighs the bad for them um even if they don't know that it's like certain maybe maybe Andor is gonna be a bit heartbreaking of a show I also think though that it is gonna be one of the best Star Wars mediums this best Star Wars properties literally ever I think this year I agree yeah this year um like the end of 2022 beginning of 2023 is going to be some of the best Star Wars content we were like ever going to get um with Andor with Tales of the Jedi High Republic phase two literally looks better than High Republic phase one which I did not think was ever going to be possible but it literally looks so good um the Mandalorian is interesting. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, and then there's the show that we're probably not going to cover, which is The Bad Badge. Um, we'll have an episode on why we're not going to cover it, I think. I think that'll yeah. be, a, that's a good plan. Um, but other than that, obviously comics that are coming out. I, I wonder if we'll get like a little, you know how like Forces of Destiny used to have like little Forces of Destiny run? What if we had another one? I think that's such a good idea, actually. I agree. I agree. Forces of Destiny Volume 2. Where is that? Because that's so how we true. get more generous content. That's how we get more Leia so content. True. More Sabine. So many. We can also add, now we have so many other characters that we can add. We can add Tala and Reva. <gasps> Reva, oh. Forces of Destiny. I need it so bad. Forces of Destiny. You don't even have to keep the show going. Just give me a comment. Like, Exactly. Oh yeah. Like a Marvel comic run of uh, because IEW obviously is not doing Star Wars anymore. Um, I mean, it could be a Dark Horse comic run. I think a Marvel comic run though of Forces of Destiny would actually be so slay. That yeah, I agree. Slay. Just thinking of some of the the writers who are working for Marvel, not even for Star Wars. Well, obviously for Star Wars. Alyssa Wong, where's Where's my Afra in Forces of Destiny, actually? <laughs> Where's Fennec in Forces of Destiny? So true. Because we can really just, like, span over so many years with that, like, idea. Exactly. It can literally be anything. It can literally, we can go even back to the High Republic with that. 
Oh my gosh, this is how we get our Crash and Afra like team up. It's through forces oh, of Oh, so true. Oh, I need it. Lucas Afra finds a little Afra finds a little like a little data pad with all of Crash's adventures and it's like, oh, my gosh. oh my gosh, I can't. I will literally anyways. Um, I think we have the best ideas ever on this podcast. I agree. I completely and I agree. think we need to get the story group, the Star Wars story group, to start listening. <laughs> I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that, yeah, I think Andor is going to be so good. Like, it, if it's executed well, which, like, everything to this point indicates that it will be, it will probably be my new favorite Star Wars show because... Yeah. It was literally made for me. Like, are you kidding me? I still cannot believe this is a real show. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be really emotional because we're obviously in the five years leading up to Rogue One. So we know that it's not gonna be like, they're not gonna have like a big victory. Like, I'm not saying there's not gonna be anything good that happens in the entire series, but like, we're never gonna get to the point where they're like, oh, we won. So it's just gonna be this like really uphill battle. Kind of like, it's kind of, it's obviously in the same time frame as Rebels and like it's obviously gonna be very different because Rebels is a show for children and Andor is not um but like just the idea like at the beginning of Rebels where they're like we're just one small group of people trying to make a difference against the entire empire and like literally nothing seems to work because like whatever we throw at them they're going to be able to match it and then some um and so I think yeah it's going to be really emotional and I like that they're not shying away from that like like the trailers and everything are very much like this it's bad guys like it's not good right now um but like what are the people of the galaxy going to do about it and what are like the senators going to do about it versus what are someone like Cassian going to do about it versus some of these other rebel leaders um and so, yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting, like, formation of the Rebellion story, which are the best stories, the best stories. Anyway, um, I'm very excited. The tra- Okay, the trailer, like, the full-length trailer that they released, like, a month or two ago is the best trailer that Star Wars has ever produced. It's so good. It's so good. The dial, like, the lines of dialogue in the trailer alone yeah. are literally some of like the best quotes I've ever heard in Star Wars and they're in the trailer yeah oh, it's gonna slay so hard like um the empire is choking us so slowly we're starting not to notice like mm-hmm. that's such a good line and you're just gonna put that in the trailer and be like yeah but yeah, yeah I'm very excited for Mon Mothma, Saw Gerrera. I really hope Bail Organa shows up can't <laughs> wait to talk about it I'm gonna be such a menace yes next Wednesday is gonna be so bad for me because I'm gonna have to wait until like 5 p.m to watch the episodes because I'm in class all day anyway yeah okay I have to put the one I picked off to the side because I always forget that's I do every time starting off so strong would I be kissing your character on the mouth I don't think you would that gives me some characters I'm taking off easily oh my gosh Okay, um, would you consider your character to be a DILF? No. <laughs> There's a lot of DILFs in Rogue One, I was realizing as I was oh, doing true, actually. Two of them. Is your character like a like a higher up person in the Empire slash Rebellion? Yeah. Do you think that your character either has been confirmed to or could potentially appear in Andor? 
Could potentially, yeah. Does your character have a daughter? Yes. Has your character ever had a canonical love interest? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, why are you laughing? (laughs) Is your character Bail Organa? No. Ooh, okay, okay. Is your character like a part of the rebellion? Yes. Is your character Galen Urso? Yeah. Yay! It was between Galen Urso and Darth Vader. So, <laughs> would you consider your character to be a club shadow? No. All right. Is it K2SO? Yeah. I am nothing if not predictable. <laughs> would you consider your character a girl boss? Yes. Is your character at any point in time in canon a MILF? No. So upsetting. <laughs> I was about to ask if I would kiss them on the mouth, but I think that I would kiss every person I have left on the mouth. <laughs> um, does your character die at the end of Rogue One? No. <laughs> I love how I have to specify at the end because literally <laughs> like everyone in here died. Does your character appear in anything that isn't Rogue One? Yeah. Was your character ever a senator? Yes. Has your character ever been a part of the rebellion? Yeah. Is your character from Alderaan? Yes. Is your character a Dilf? Okay, this might be controversial, but yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if people agree on that, but I think so. Is it Leia? Yeah. (laughs) Um, is your character Sagarera? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) No. Is the consensus that he's a Dilf? I'm not sure. Um, he's hot and he's a dad, technically. No, exactly. No, exactly. (laughs) Don't laugh like that. (laughs) Okay. I'm so afraid. Um, is your character a good time at a party? In in a yeah, in a way, yeah. In a way, like yes, but not in the sense that they're like going crazy, but like they're like a fun person to be around at a party. Okay. Okay. Mm, I can't say that yet because it'll give it away. I have a joke to make, but I'll make it (laughs) after. Um, (laughs) If this person got down on one knee and proposed, would I say yes? No. Mm. (laughs) Is your character going to pride? Are they going to pride? Yeah. Would you slap your character across the face? Yes. Does your character have anything to do with the force? No. Do you think your character has an imperial boyfriend? Uh-huh. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> Wild card here. Is your character Ramus Antilles? No. I should have picked him. I'm so sorry, Ramus. Um, is your character Tarkin? Yeah. I didn't know down to Krennic and Tarkin, and I was like, <laughs> it's probably Tarkin. Krennic did have an imperial boyfriend. No, Krennic wished he had an imperial boyfriend, but Galen or so was too good for him, is what happened, actually. Okay. True, I guess. Is your character Cassian Andor? No. Who is your character? Mon Mothma. Okay, I took her out. Oh, the joke I was going to make when you were like, Mm -hmm. would they be a good time at a party? And I was like, well, they've attended parties in canon. (laughs) And it was certainly a fun time. Man, y'all remember when... (laughs) 
Y'all remember when Bail Organa had to convince Bail and Bray Organa had to convince Tarkin that Bail hooked up with Mon Mama? Yeah. So funny. You know what's so embarrassing is I cried during that scene. It was supposed to be funny, but I cried. I know you did. (laughs) Because they were yelling at each other. And I know it was just like for pretend, but it was a lot for me. I was Leia in that moment. She was also crying. Okay. You should go re-listen to that in the audiobook. It was actually really funny. Anyway, (laughs) um, is your character is or ever has been an Imperial? No. Is your character a part of the LGBTQ community? Yeah. Is your character, like, confirmed appearing in Andor? Like, we know they're in it. Yes. Um, is your character... Does your character have a boyfriend? No. No? Okay. Is your character part of, like, the Rogue One crew, like, that initially goes to Scarif? Yes. Did your character ever appear in an episode of The Clone Wars or Rebels? No. Man, I wish. Mm, I'm just going to guess. Is it Cassian? It is. Is yours Ramus and Tilly's? No. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'm so bad. Uh, I kept thinking about picking him, and then I was like, it'll be too obvious. <laughs> is your character... Mm, is your character Bodhi Rook? Yeah. Slay! Okay. I actually have a lot. I have five people up right now, so pretty good. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd really appreciate it. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.